0: Back and better than ever and ready to go on day two. Figured a lot of things out yesterday. Today's going to be spectacular. Delighted you're here. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests today. Shell Pennzoil performance line, including an hour from right now, Charles Barkley. Awesome. Chuck has a lot to say in particular about our top story this morning, which is an outrage. An outrage. An outrageous thing happened in the NBA playoffs last night. And thank goodness I now have this outlet to talk about it. So here's what I'm going to explain. For those of you, listen, it occurs to me there are many of you who may not know me. Maybe you don't consume media in the morning. So maybe you never listen to Mike and Mike and maybe you've never seen Get Up. Here's the bottom line. Like most geniuses, I will not be fully appreciated until long after my time. And so I can solve a lot of these problems. Case in point, the legendary Greeny rule for Major League Baseball. A thousand years ago, they played an All-Star game that ended in a tie. And people were all up in arms. And I came in, and I was hosting Mike and Mike at the time, and I said, why do we care if the game ends in a tie? Doesn't matter if the American League wins. Doesn't matter if the National League wins. If you want to make it matter, then give home field advantage in the World Series to the team that wins the World Series, to the team that wins the All-Star game. And you know what? That's exactly what they did. You're welcome. And so as a consequence, I today am going to solve another problem that came up last night in the NBA playoffs. That problem sounded like this: double technical fouls for Zingus and Morris. That's Zingas second. He's been ejected. Wow. Whoa! Wow! Whoa!
1: I saw him getting into Lucas' face. And that's why I reacted. I just got to be smarter and control my emotions. Be smarter and control my emotions.
2: If I pulled out the Dallas Mavs roster and I started to name 10 through 15 guys that wear uniforms or sit behind the bench, nobody wouldn't know who they are. You know why? Because that's
0: their role. Let them worry about that. When you already have a tech, you just can't do it. That's like fake tough guy stuff. Just walk away from it. Let other people handle that situation knowing how important you are to your team. Jalen and Legs this morning with me on Get Up. And they were both right. Kristaps Porzingis getting himself thrown out of that game with his second technical was an absolutely stupid move on his part. He will learn from it, and he knows it was a mistake to begin with. Despite the fact that I don't think he should have been called for a technical considering essentially he hit Marcus Morris's hand with his neck. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Because the argument I want to make is that shouldn't have been his second technical to begin with. The first technical that was called on Chris Taps Porzingis was called when he was frustrated because he made a perfectly clean block, per- textbook clean block, on a Paul George drive to the basket that was called a foul. There was a, if there was any body contact, it was practically none, and he definitively got all ball, and he got called for a foul, and he reacted the way anybody would react because he knows it's a bad call, and they tee him up to playoff game. They shouldn't be teeing up a star or anybody for that in a playoff game. But let's extend beyond that because mistakes get made. Officials make mistakes. But we can solve this problem because that second technical would only have been the first technical if they were able to do what I'm now about to suggest they should do. And that is this. If a player gets called for a foul and reacts because he knows it's a terrible call and reacts demonstratively and is called for a technical, At some point soon thereafter, they should be able to go to the tape. And if they determine that it was indeed the terrible call we all saw it to be, the technical should be rescinded in real time. Not the next day when it doesn't matter anymore. Not the next day when they send a letter apologetically and they no longer tack on those technical points to the number of tees you have to get before you get suspended, otherwise known as the Draymond Green rule. That's not helping anybody in a playoff game in particular. Go ahead and change it. Doesn't have to be done that second. Doesn't have to hold the game up at all. I'm not talking about having the officials go over and look at the monitor that instant. You can change that the way they sometimes will look at something and decide if it was a three or a two. You can do that in the next commercial timeout. You can do it at the end of the quarter. You can do it whenever you want. But do it before he gets his second technical and a superstar gets thrown out of a game in which his team has a real chance to win. Porzingis and Luca had them on the ropes last night. Do you watch them play? Luka Doncic is ridiculous. He's so good, it's ridiculous. And Porzingis was heating up. And those two guys were to score 70 points last night, and they had a real chance to win. And then Porzingis gets thrown out of the game three minutes into the second half, and all of a sudden, they, they had no offense. They scored 39 points the rest of the way. So direct cause and effect. Would they have won the game? We'll never know. But they sure as heck would have had a chance. And they basically had none with Porzingis out. As much as Luca tried everything in his his human capability to keep his team in it. So to me, that is a mistake that is correctable. It is a solvable problem. Go ahead and solve it. People have the wrong idea about instant replay. They think that it holds games up and it creates more problems than it solves. That's because they use it wrong. I've been advocating instant replay on these airwaves, on the ESPN radio airwaves, for almost 20 years. And I'm right. They just have it wrong. Solve real problems. Go back and fix that. You could do that in, in the blink of an eye. That is clearly not a foul. Resend it, then you don't have this problem. Now, that does bring us to the problem that Porzingis gets himself into. Clearly, it's stupid. You can't do it. You can't go over there. And Jalen, you heard it in that little open that we put together. Jalen's 100% right. Knowing that he has the technical already, he can't go over there primarily it's all well and good to go over there like he's going to stand up for his guy, which was my initial reaction, but that's why you get these jocks on the air because Legler said it and Jalen said it. That's not his job. He's not the enforcer. He's the second-best player on the team. It's the enforcer's job to go over there and take care of his teammate. So someone else should be jumping in there. Porzingis should be on the other side of the floor getting ready to shoot a 28-foot-3, which he can do at 7-foot-2 or 3 or whatever it is that he is. So that was a huge mistake on his part, and no one, no one is excusing him. But it should have only been his first technical because the first one should have been rescinded. Let me know what you think. I put that up on Twitter, at ESPN Greeny. Let me hear from you. We're going to be doing a lot of conversating on this show over the course of time. I'll give you the phone number coming up. We're going to take some calls today, but I'll let you know when to call because I don't want you sitting on hold all day long. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance, cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. By the way, Luka Doncic is the player that you build a team around if you have anyone in the NBA to choose from. Number one, he's the player you build a team around. He's the one you start with. I've changed my mind. One of the many things about doing this job is you had better be ready to admit when you were wrong. And I was as wrong on Doncic as I have ever been about anybody. Going into that draft, I was looking at his numbers from the European League and I was saying, why is this guy who's averaging 12 points a game in Europe All of a sudden, people telling me he should be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Well, now I know why. If you were starting an NBA team right now and you could have your first choice of any human being walking the face of planet Earth, you started with Luka Doncic. And that's it. Giannis turns 26 in December. Luka turned 21 in February. He had 42 in a playoff game last night. And he has the ball in his hands at all times and has literally zero weakness in his game. Now, I think the Greek freak is unbelievable, and he may very well win the championship this year, and he may win a bunch more. And conventional NBA wisdom is you take the big guy over the littler guy, not that Luka is little at all. Luka is exactly what the NBA is, has become, and is going to be. So to me, Luka is number one. If You're starting a team right now, and you could have any player in the world to start it with. You take Doncic, one. You take Giannis, two. That's my opinion. I'm not talking about whether they're the best player in the league right now. Giannis is going to win the MVP, even though LeBron should. Right now, the best players in the league obviously include LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, if he's healthy, Steph Curry, the usual suspect, Dame Lillard. If you leave Dame Lillard out of that conversation, you're not paying attention. But if you're starting a team, which means you are taking age very much into consideration, you're starting it with Doncic, number one, and then Giannis, number two. I was actually putting together a list of other young players. The league is filled with young stars. I mean, great players. Because you couldn't go wrong, obviously, with John Morant. You couldn't go wrong with Jason Tatum, who's still a kid. He's that young. You couldn't go wrong with Trey Young, who I think is going to have a huge career. You couldn't go wrong with Zion, who might actually be the only other reasonable answer to this question if someone could assure you he was going to stay healthy. But that's obviously an enormous question mark. But that's my opinion. That's where we begin today. If you're starting an NBA team right now, you're starting it with Luka Doncic. And if you're changing one rule in the NBA, you're doing it before the games start today. If a player gets a technical for arguing an obviously blown call, they should rescind it before he goes and does something stupid and gets himself thrown out, ruins an otherwise outstanding game in the NBA. That's what I think. Let's hear from you as we go. Uh, This is Greeny, and I've got a lot coming up here. Charles Barkley, as I mentioned. Paul Feinbaum is coming up shortly. But up next, as we continue the basketball conversation, let me give you a little stat on Luka Doncic. Only one player, 21 or younger, ever scored more points in a playoff game than Luka did last night. You know who it was? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Michael Jordan. You'll hear who it was next as we continue. You're listening to Greeny. This is ESPN Radio.
2: When players react to a call that was also a horrible call, the reaction is not punishable. You have to allow somebody to express themselves. But since he already has one technical, the most important thing is staying in the basketball game. And he was not there when his team needed him the most. And he'll learn from it.
0: Jalen Rose with me this morning on Get Up. I'm Greeny. We're on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And right now, on the Shell pins All-Performance line, and a guy who knows how to get in the middle of a fracas when there is one to be gotten in the middle of, my big man Kendrick Perkins is with me. Good morning, Big Perk.
2: Graney, what's happening, Granny?
0: Well, listen, you tell me. So Jalen and I are on the same side, that Porzingis made a huge mistake last night. He doesn't need to wander in there with one technical. But here's the bigger point that I'm making here, Perk, and you tell me if you agree, that the NBA should have the ability if a player gets a technical for protesting what was obviously a terrible call, they should rescind it during the game. Porzingis had a clean block on Paul George. He reacted the way anybody would if it, on a terrible call like that. They should rescind that technical. He shouldn't have been out of the game. What do you think?
2: I agree. But listen, Green, it shouldn't have, It didn't require a tech anyway. It was a clean block. He gave a quick reaction, and then he let it go. See, this is the problem. The problem is, is that the refs sometimes put their pride in a way, and it's not about them. Like, at that moment, he showed a little emotions. He didn't say nothing too crazy toward the refs to the referee or charge him up when he got the clean block. He showed his emotions, and then he let it go. That didn't deserve a take in the first place. You know, and now you look at it, this game is emotional. You know, all he did was walk over there to protect his best player, Luka Doncic, and he didn't really throw, do nothing out do nothing crazy. I mean, he went over there and ruffled the feathers, but he didn't push and shove nobody. So my thing is is that the refs have to be mindful that this is uh, the playoffs and it's the emotional game, and they have to learn to hold back a little bit.
0: I would 100% agree. Sure, and you, you, you're a guy who knows what it's like to play deep into the NBA playoffs in situations and games where everything in the world is on the line. Do you believe that officials should take into account – the circumstances, the significance of the player, and the meaning of the game when they make decisions like that.
2: Absolutely. And, grinny, you, you're talking to a guy that led the league in technical fouls for three straight years, right? And I had a relationship with a lot of the referees where <laughs> I led the league in the regular season in techs, but the, I was allowed to show emotion. And it's crazy because a lot of times, you don't see superstars get technical fouls like that. Przinsky is a superstar. You know he has been dominating the bubble. You know he's one of these. He's a top fifteen guy in the league. And it's a such thing as superstar calls. And sometimes I didn't. I didn't seen a lot worse, Greeny. I tell you that much. But to answer your question, yes, the referees should take in mind. They should have a conference call a day and say, hey. Guys are going to show emotions unless they do something outrageous towards us or something that causes us or they try to get a tick. You know how certain guys, you could tell, they want to to get the tick and be like, yeah, I earned this. Mm -hmm. Other than that, they have to restrain themselves. That's why Adam Silver got to get them on the phone, and they need to have a conference call about this.
0: We completely agree. By the way, one other thing. When you lead the league in technicals three straight seasons, is that something you're proud of (laughs) or ashamed of?
2: Hey, you know what? Doc Rivers really used to tell me, "Granny, be who I am. And that's who I was because I led the league as a player and he led the league as a coach. So we were on the same page.
0: <laughs> All right, fair enough. Kendrick Perkins with a Shell Pennzoil performance line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence four a wear test using SAE 5W30. All right, Perk, I threw a question out there a few minutes ago. There's only one player, 21 or younger, in the NBA's history who ever scored more points in a playoff game than Luka Doncic did last night. That player was LeBron James in 2006. Luka had 42 last night at the age of 21. And I've come all the way around on him to where I was one who questioned why he was going to be such a high draft pick, and obviously I couldn't have been more wrong, to where I now say if you're starting a team, taking everyone's age into account, with any player in the NBA... The guy you started with was Luka Doncic, even ahead of Giannis. Do you agree or disagree?
2: I agree. Listen, when you look at Luka Doncic, he's the most talented guy in the NBA, most talented guard. He cannot be guarded. And and I told this to to Stephen A. and Max yesterday that he he was going to have monster numbers in big games against the Clippers. Everyone rave and prays about you know, uh, the Clippers' backcourt and, and Paul George and Patrick Beverly and, and Kawhi Leonard, he told him up. No one could stop him. And when I look at this guy, he's talented. He's relentless. And, and look, he fears no one. You got to understand, Greeny, he played overseas. Overseas league is way tougher than playing in the NBA. You can't rough for him. So for him to go out and have the performance that he did last night it's a no-brainer to me. If I'm starting a team today, I'm taking Luka Doncic.
0: All right. You and I are on, on, on board on a whole bunch of things. I have a feeling I'm going to wind up owing you a pair of shoes at some point down the line, but <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you, big fella. Thank you, Greeny. That's Kendrick Perkins, who's been so much fun. I've gotten to know him over the course of the last few months as he's been a regular with me on Get Up. And I'll tell you, I'll give him credit. It was last year, at the very beginning of the playoffs, when no one was saying this, that he said to me, on Get Up, Greeny, Kawhi Leonard is the closest thing we have to Jordan in the league right now. And I'm not going to lie to you. I, I I, I had to control myself to keep from laughing at him. Now, who's laughing now? He, he was 100% right on that. Hey, check out ESPN Audio at home. You can tell Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Driver Mercedes-Benz Van. Find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service To financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz vans are ready for anything. You know, sometimes people will say things. You have to have an open mind in life. Like, there was something that I thought I knew for certain. And then the circumstances present themselves, and I realize you have to be willing to change with that. I'm not just talking about Luca. People are wrong all the time on player projections. I'm talking about important stuff, like whether college kids should be allowed to play football When the students aren't on campus. That was something that my initial thought way back in March and April when we first started talking about this was. Line in the sand. If it's not safe for the students to be on campus, then there's no way in the world they should be allowed to play football. You can't ask the players to come. And then things start to happen. And you start to see them differently. And you realize that you actually had it completely backwards and one of the people who made me realize that was greg mcelroy on my show this morning i did the story of how the university of north carolina the big one chapel hill had all their students come back to campus about a week ago now they've decided a week later because of all of these cases they have that they can't have classes in person anymore and they went to all digital all online learning all remote learning but they're keeping the football team there and they're still planning to play And my first reaction to that was, that's an outrage. Under no circumstances can you even consider that. Then I listened to what Greg McElroy said, and I thought about it a little more, and I realized I'm wrong, and I'll explain to you why next. You will hear coming up next an explanation that made sense to me of why that actually might work out better as opposed to worse. You'll hear it. You'll make up your own mind if I'm right or wrong. And Paul Feinbaum will join us in just a moment. You're listening to Greeney. This is ESPN Radio. Do not miss Charles Barkley live in exactly a half hour here on ESPN Radio. I'm Greeney. Sir Charles will be live just off the top of the next hour, one o'clock Eastern time, 10 a.m. in the West. Got a lot to talk about with him. But first, I want to play this for you, because in life, I think you have to learn to admit when you were wrong. And I've been talking to Paul Feinbaum, for example, who's going to join me in a second for months now. And one of the things that I've felt all along when it comes to collegiate sports and college football in particular, and I say this as the father of a college student, is that when people said, if it isn't safe for the students to come back to campus, then there's no way it's safe for the players to play. I thought that made perfect sense. I was 100 percent on board with that. And then Greg McElroy said this on my show Get Up this morning. If I'm a student athlete, I'm relieved that the students are no longer on campus because that is not a controlled environment. And frankly, it eliminates the temptation that I might have as a student athlete to go out and be social and to not practice all the different protocols they've been preached to over the last several months. This after the University of North Carolina decided they couldn't have all the regular students on campus. Because there were too many cases that were popping up, but they were still going to play football. And Mac Brown, their head coach, said, without the students going to classrooms, that helps us create a better seal around our program and a better bubble. So actually, Paul Feinbaum, who joins me here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Paul, were we wrong all this time? And does it actually make sense that if they want to play football, they are better off without all the rest of the students on campus?
1: Greene uh we were we were wrong. Yes, they put all those students on a bus and send them home and the problem is I don't think they're going. Uh you you understand it. You sent your daughter to college. If she has online classes, she's taking online classes from her dorm or apartment and and I think that's the only fly in the ointment because uh, I believe that most of these young people are not leaving, uh, and and that presents the issue that we've been talking about for months. What happens when the football players mingle with the rest of the student body? It's 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 not it, there's not a perfect answer here. And Greg and Mac, Greg and Mac Brown are correct on one level, but but it, it's not a sealed bubble. It's a bubble while they're practicing football, while they're meeting football, and while they're on the they're in the facility. But it's not a bubble when they leave that, which they will every day.
0: It also raises a different question because Mac Brown brings up the success of the NBA's bubble. And obviously the NBA players are getting millions of dollars in many cases to be in that bubble and to make the sacrifices that go into it. Is it reasonable, Paul, to demand of college athletes who are not being paid to make those kinds of sacrifices to play their sport?
1: No, I, I don't think it is. And you know, it is a voluntary sport, but they're going there. Primarily, for one reason, to play pro football, in spite of what the uh, academicians will have you, and they have had problems uh, every every you, you mentioned it this morning on getup uh, Auburn announced they had twenty five or thirty five uh, Alabama's had similar numbers, so have uh, Clemson and LSU and some of the other top programs they're, they're, but the, the interesting thing and the positive thing is the numbers have gotten better. Most of those bad numbers came when the players came back for voluntary workouts, where they were on their own, so to speak. They were being watched by coaches, but not instructed by coaches. And It's still an issue, though. And I I feel a more positive traction for the season right now because of uh, the so-called bubble, but but ultimately these are college players who are not really getting paid. I know people will argue whether they're getting an education. They are, but uh, they can get that anywhere. They don't have to go to set school.
0: And that's right. Paul Feinbaum is with me here making breaking moves, which are brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn sports. Paul, there's a separate issue, of course, and that's in the Big Ten, which is my conference. I went to school there. My daughter goes to school there. I love the Big Ten. And they've chosen not to play. And as I've said many times on Get Up and I'll say here, I really don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. But here's what I do know. The parents of Ohio State players are saying they're going to Chicago and demanding an explanation. They're demanding transparency from the conference they feel they've not received. Now, we talked this morning, Paul, about how the parents don't get to make these decisions, and we understand that. But do you believe the parents are entitled, the parents of the players, are entitled to more of an explanation than they have received as to how and why the decisions were made?
1: Definitely. Uh, In the pantheon of college sports, I I have... I I really, if if I frankly cannot think of a worse public relations nightmare than what the Big Ten created exactly one week ago today. Uh, You're right. I I don't know whether it was the right call or not, but they have not they have not discussed the reasoning behind it. Kevin Warren gave a a ham-fisted interview on the Big Ten Network where he really didn't explain anything. He wasn't authentic. He he wasn't transparent. He basically just uh, gave the company line. Now I realized, or I thought I realized, he was representing. The presidents of the Big Ten now, Sandy Barber, the AD at Penn State, comes out today, yesterday, and says she, she's really not sure they had a vote. And quite frankly, I don't think anyone knows what happened. Uh, even the president at Minnesota you know, indicated, well, it wasn't a vote, but it was uh, our decision. Kevin Warren needs to stand up and 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 be heard. And, and those parents have every right. Justin Fields started this, and I think the parents should see it through because. He hasn't explained, Green the biggest decision, the most consequential decision in the history of that league. And we are now one week from that moment, and we're still scratching our head. And that's why there, there is so much controversy. And he can't, he can't end that until he speaks.
0: I think you're exactly right. Paul Feinbaum is with me on ESPN Radio. And well, let me ask you this to finish, because I, I, I don't know anyone who knows more about this stuff and cares more about it and deals in it more every single day than you do, Paul. And look, COVID, God willing, is going to go away. This isn't going to be the way we live forever. But as we have seen all the things that have happened in college football in particular over the last few months, do you believe that there have been fissures created of some sort that will not be healed when COVID goes away? Meaning, will the sport be forever different in significant ways because of this? And if so, what ways?
1: I believe it will, and, and I think the biggest way it will change is ultimately the the powers that be, and, and that, those are the five power five commissioners uh, of, the, of those of the of the main conferences will break away from the NCAA. It may it won't happen right away because there's just too much confusion and chaos going on, but they will break away, um, and they'll they'll do it their own way. Uh, they they won't be stuck uh, having their seasons dictated by presidents at at Slippery Rock. And I say that jokingly, but, but it's serious. I'm serious about that. And you, you, you know, that there are, they're just, it's too big. It, it's too thick. And it's, it, it's just too confusing. Um, the, I think that the, the conferences will eventually realign. Uh, what I mean by that is they're at odds right now and they will be at odds, at least until something gives, but they'll come together. They understand it. But there, there's basketball to consider too. Basketball is an NCAA tournament sport. It's a billion dollar business. And I, I think it's time for, for the, the main schools in college football uh, and college athletics to get that away from the the, the ownership of Mark Emmert and the NCAA and, and do it the right way and have it all under one umbrella versus this confusing opt to system that we currently have.
0: I hope you're, I hope you're right. I hope, I hope the changes are for the better because there've been a great many things that I have felt needed to be addressed. And maybe some of those will, and maybe something good will come out of what has obviously been one of the most, maybe the most trying circumstance that we've ever lived through. Paul, you know how much I I appreciate this, as always. I have a suspicion I will see you tomorrow morning on Get Up. Thank you very much.
1: I hope so, Greeny. Good luck on the show. uh, We're off to a great start, and and, uh, you have the the next hour off because Barkley's on.
0: That's exactly right, and you did my promo for me there, so thank you very much. Charles Barkley coming up (laughs) in a moment. Paul Feinbaum, thank you, my man. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as Harden and the Rockets Battle the Thunder, it's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 6 Eastern tonight on most of these ESPN radio stations. As Paul mentions, Charles Barkley coming up live in exactly 20 minutes. You don't want to miss it. He's a strong, I've got a million things to get to with him that are very important. But coming up next, you will hear the most important thing anyone said in sports today. The person who said it is in the Hall of Fame. We'll see what you think right after this. I'm Greeny, this is ESPN Radio. Greeny back with you on ESPN Radio. We're on TV on ESPN News. <laughs> Bubba is looking at me because I keep forgetting to turn my microphone on. I guess they don't teach you everything in journalism school. <laughs> Charles Barkley live in 14 minutes with a ton of stuff around the NBA to get to and I have great reaction to my plan to solve a problem in the NBA, and I will read you that from Twitter in just a moment. But first, I want to give you some straight talk, which is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It came this morning with Keyshawn and Jay Will and Zubin from Mike Krzyzewski, who's in the Hall of Fame, who was pointing out where the entire college house of cards could eventually come apart. Losing out on much of, if not all, of a college football season is a significant issue. It is a It is a, let's even call it a catastrophic issue, financially speaking, for a lot of universities. Losing it on the NCAA tournament a year ago was a catastrophic issue financially for the NCAA. And Mike Krzyzewski said if it happens again, it could be over.
1: We're the thing that, The NCAA is most concerned about because men's college basketball in the tournament pays for something like 98% of the... It produces 98% or more of the money uh, for the NCAA, not college football or any other sport. So yeah, uh, we need need to have the tournament. Uh, We can't have it where two years in a row you do not have the NCAA tournament.
0: So just remember that. Just remember him saying that. Just remember the significance of that as we watch the decisions get made about whether or not college basketball is played, because these decisions have to be made first and foremost with the health and safety of the student athletes. And that's why I will not criticize the Big Ten. My criticism of the Big Ten, and I said this yesterday, if you're with me here, is that I don't believe they've done a good enough job of explaining why they made the decision that they made. But I will certainly never criticize them for erring on the side of safety, on the side of caution. Now, again, I say that fully acknowledging I have no idea if it's the right thing or wrong thing to do. I don't know if the SEC, the ACC, or the Big 12 will ultimately be able to play safely or not. I don't have any problem with a conference or a school deciding they can't. But it has to be done for the right reasons. And for a lot of other reasons, it needs to be communicated well. Let me also answer a question that I asked to Paul Feinbaum. I asked him, is it fair to expect college athletes who are not being paid to live like they're in a bubble to play a college football season the way the NBA players are, many of whom are being paid millions and millions of dollars? The answer, in my opinion, is yes, it is fair to ask them. It is by no means fair to demand it. You cannot ask, and I say this as the parent of a college student. You cannot demand these players who are not employees of the university and you've made that decision, not them. You cannot demand that they put absolutely everything else on hold in their lives in order to play football for you. You can ask them if they want to do it for themselves. And that's what has been so inspiring for me to watch. Whether Justin Fields' quest for this thing is ultimately successful or not, and my gut feeling is it won't be, to see how much it matters to these young people to play these sports, and I know that many of them are, are it matters to them because they have careers they're dreaming of, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I also think there are many of them who just are dream- they want to play, they want to play, they're players, they've worked their whole lives for this, they want to play. And they're willing to give up. Like, my daughter is going back to college in a couple of weeks. And, and I hope that her mother and I will yell at her to be careful and to socially distance and to wear a mask. And I hope she does. And I will worry about her every minute that she's gone. But at the end of the day, no one is demanding that. That responsibility is hers. And she, she I have a feeling, will live her life the way she wants to. These football players are willing to say, I'm not going to parties. I'm not going to bars. I'm not going to socialize hardly at all. I'm not going to intermingle with anybody because I want to play and I'm willing to sacrifice what is required in order to play. And no one's paying them to do it. They're just doing it because they want to. Boy, do I respect that. And it makes me root for them. It makes me want to see it for them. I have a lot of reasons why I want to see college football get played this fall. The biggest is what I've learned from this is just how badly these kids want to play, and I hope they get the chance to do it. All right, again, Charles Barkley coming up. Let me go to some of the reaction that I've gotten on Twitter, at ESPN Greeny. If you're not following me yet, do it now, because a lot of our conversation is going to take place there. I threw this out there but off the top of the show. The Porzingis thing last night, a disaster. Disgrace. First night of the NBA playoffs, and you have Kristaps Porzingis, one of the most important players in the entire sport, and certainly in that game, who is playing great, and his team is playing great, and they have a real shot to beat the Clippers, and he gets thrown out on two terrible tacks, terrible So what I said this morning was on GetUp, and I said it again to start this show here today, they should have a rule in the NBA that you should be able to rescind a technical if a player gets teed up for arguing a call that was obviously terrible. The first technical he got was after a absolutely perfect clean block on Paul George. They tee him up for an immediate reaction, ridiculous technical. They should be able to go back, look at that and rescind the technical real time when it matters. Not later, not later when it makes no difference anymore. Do it real time so he doesn't get thrown out of the game when he picks up his second one. So I threw that out there. You wouldn't have to slow the game up to do it, by the way. You can go back and look at it in the next commercial break like they do sometimes to determine if a shot would a three or a two. So this isn't that complicated. You could do it. So I threw that question out there. I threw that point out there on Twitter. Some reaction at John Busby. He was teed up for his reaction to a ref showing disrespect for him, not whether it was a good call. I teach my child not to react bad call or not. Replay won't change the reaction. Like he has to control himself during an altercation and needs to when it's a bad call. First and foremost, I appreciate everyone who chooses to interact with me. And John, I say what I'm about to say. I hope it is not disrespectful. But your child has nothing to do with this. What you teach your child, and I teach mine the same, and my son played basketball, and I had a lot of the same thoughts you did. But what you teach your child and I teach my child doesn't have a darn thing to do with what they do in the NBA. And the problem I get is that kids will emulate what they see. That's a different discussion and a different problem. But what you and I teach our kids has nothing to do with what should and shouldn't be called a technical foul in a playoff game in the NBA. Kristaps Porzingis should have been able to finish that game. It's in everyone's best interest. For him, to, Antonio tweets, I agree with you, Greeny, 100%. There should also be more flexibility from the refs. A playoff tech should not be defined the same way a regular season tech is defined. Raising and waving hands in the air should not be a technical foul in the playoffs. A thousand percent right. There, of course, should be different rules. They should be officiated differently, adjudicated differently. The games aren't the same. They have infinitely more meaning. There's more consequence. What happens in an NBA regular season game matters a little. What happens in an NBA postseason game matters a lot. Throwing Kristaps Porzingis out of that game when they did went a long way towards determining the outcome of game one of an NBA playoff series. That's an extremely important decision. So Dave Marinkovich tweets at me, basketball doesn't need more reviews. I honestly would prefer zero replay. You've got that exactly wrong. And I'll continue to explain that. The problem is not replay. The problem is they use it wrong. We'll talk about it with Charles Barkley next on ESPN Radio.